Welcome to Coffee with James on this Tuesday morning, the 12th of October. A time where you can stop, time to take time out from your day and to reflect and be enriched from the book of Philippians. It's great to be back. I've had three weeks um, break from Coffee with James and we're going to continue doing Coffee with James over the next couple of weeks until um, we get through the book of Philippians and until we look forward to, um, as a church, um, getting back together in person. So we've been looking at the book of Philippians for, for the last month or two, and I hope you've um, seen the joy that Paul has. It's a, it's a letter filled with rejoicing. It's a letter filled with joy. It, at least 16 times the word rejoice or joy is used in 106 verses. So the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ brings Paul deep joy. And it brings him deep joy to see others who get it and who are grounded in it and who stand firm in it and who let it shape their life and their direction. But today, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4. Um, probably going to be looking at verses 1 to 2. And then over the next week, we're going to keep working through the book, of, through chapter 4. But today, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. And as we come to these verses, we see that Paul has a deep love for these people. He has this real deep concern for them. Have a listen to this in Philippians 1, chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you who I love and long for, my joy and crown. You can really see his, his passion for these people. He, he wants to speak to them. He wants to love them. And because he loves them, he wants to speak the truth into their life. And he, and he wants to speak to this church. And he wants to tell them to stand firm in the gospel. So he says, you're my joy and crown. Stand firm. Stand firm in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. He's, he's very personally saying, stand firm. Stand firm in everything that I have told you about Jesus. We've seen Paul, he's excited that Christ is preached and is exalted. Stand firm in that. Stand firm in the gospel through persecution. Stand firm in knowing that hymn of Philippians chapter 2, that Christ emptied himself and was exalted. He speaks to the whole church. See, it's it's you stand firm. It's not in your it's not in your preferences, it's not in that's not what unites you. It's not your skin color. It's not your footy code that you love. No, no, stand firm in the gospel. That's what brings you together. Not your career, not your kids, not your sport. But because he's writing to friends, he's writing to a community of believers who stand firm, it means there's going to be real relationships. But with real relationships, it brings and it means real conflict. So real relationships that are honest will bring conflict. Imagine this picture. You've got two women called Yudia and Cynthia. They're, they're sitting here as this letter is being read out, and they hear these words, my, I love and I long for you, my joy and my crown. Stand firm in the gospel, my dear friends. Like They're excited at this moment. They're listening intently, and then they hear these verses read out to the whole assembly. I plead with Yudia and I plead with Cynthia, to be of the same mind in the Lord. 
Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, imagine that. Now they've just been, you think, did Paul really just do that? Did he really just call them out? Well, see, he loves them and he longs for them. He wants them to stand firm in the gospel and he can see that Judea and Cynthia and this dispute that they're having is causing a problem in the church. And for, for Paul to name them must mean that these are two women who are, who are in leadership roles of some form. They're, they're, they're involved in key ministries in the church. But do you notice that it's, it's not a doctrinal dispute? They've, they've contended by Paul's side for the gospel. They've contended alongside Paul. They know the good news of Jesus. But something has brought a problem. Maybe it's a preference problem. Maybe it's a difference of opinion. It's probably something petty, something that is trivial. It's trivial in, in the eternal perspective. And that's what happens in churches, isn't it? It's, it's not generally the gospel that divides people. It's generally a preference of what someone wears or what the colour of seats are or what style of music. They're generally petty things that, that cause like things like Udia and, and Cynthia to, to not be of the same mind. So it's, it's not over whether Jesus is God. That generally isn't the problem. But Paul, he says, we're in this together. Pursue like-mindedness. He's saying pursue the same mind. He's saying let the gospel be your vision. See, they've allowed these other little things. There's been other things that have got in their, their peripheral that's caused them to, to divide. But Paul said, no, no, be like-minded. Come back to the gospel. Come back to Jesus. Let that shape all you do. See, petty problems move churches sideways. They actually move churches back rather than propelling them forward with the gospel. It's serious. This is a serious problem. Paul doesn't just overlook it, but he actually he wants a third party to intervene if they cannot sort it out. If those two can't come together and stand firm and unite, sometimes there is a place for someone to come and intervene and help restoration. Sometimes we want to be nice and therefore we avoid conflict. But real relationships bring real conflict. And sadly, if we, if, if we want to sometimes avoid this, sometimes sadly we all then hamper the gospel going out. See, this dispute was hampering it. It was, it was distracting the church. It was, must have been distracting it enough for Paul to call it out. We want to be nice people. It's hard to, to, to talk about things like this, but... But there is a real problem. Two women are allowing their conflict to get in the road of the gospel. I have this expression, it's called nice. I've heard someone explain it this way. We, we like to be nice. But the thing about being nice is, here's how I refer to nice as, it's nothing in me cares enough. When we just want to be nice, nothing in me cares enough. And when we're nice, it means you have cared for yourself more than you have for others. So if we care, he says, keep the gospel, be like-minded, pursue like-mindedness. 
it's okay to pull someone over and say, hey, you know, I think we're off track here. We've forgotten what the gospel is. If we care, let's resolve and be like-minded. How? Philippians 2, it's a great example for us. Go and read Philippians 2 as a great way to, to talk with people, to even think yourself about how do we resolve conflict? How do we consider ourselves? Pursue like-mindedness. Let me pray. Father, thank you for this new day. Thank you for, for the rain. Thank you for the clouds. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for the good news of Jesus. Father, I pray for us as a church that we will not move on, that we won't allow petty things to get in the road, but may we have like-mindedness so that the gospel goes forward. May we be united around Christ. Father, we, we pray for that. We yearn for that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Look forward to seeing you all tomorrow with Coffee with James.